Welcome to another episode of Singled In, a gathering place for single members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in their 30s and 40s, also known as mid-singles. I'm Oliver. And I'm Lindsay. Today we're joined by Anna Kramer, who is going to tell us a little bit about coming to the mid-singles ward after her divorce. And yeah, we're excited to have her. Anna, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was raised in the church uh-huh. and grew up pretty much in Arizona. Oh, nice. Um, went to BYU, studied microbiology for three years, then met my now ex-husband, and we moved to the south where he is from, lived there for about 13 years, okay. had three children, um, and then we moved here about seven years ago. And my divorce was finalized in December of last year. So it hasn't been quite a year yet. Wow. Uh, okay. And so when did you decide to like check out the mid-singles ward? Were you like on board from the beginning or did it take a while to get excited about it, I guess? <laughs> um, I pretty much was on board from the beginning. I started coming in September of last year because that was after our first court date and I figured okay things are really really happening now okay so um yeah and I just wanted to come and try and find some other single mostly ladies (laughs) to just to relate to I was hoping I would find some other single um sisters who were divorced or had kids or things like that and so I I was kind of on the lookout for which guys looked cute (laughs) (laughs) but I knew I wasn't ready to date yet still I'm not ready to date yet yeah but yeah I was just really just looking to socialize okay make some friends oh gotcha and tell us about your kids okay my oldest is 18 okay um and then I have a 16 year old and a 13 year old and they're all boys Oh, nice. Yeah, so the oldest one is Jared, and he's going to the local community college. He is um, in the auto mechanics program. Nice. Oh, at CSN? At CSN, Very nice. Yes, and then my 16-year-old works at both Panda Express and McDonald's. He is paying me back for his car that I bought him. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Great parent there. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted him to have some independence. It's been really nice. (laughs) And then my 13-year-old is in eighth grade at Rogich Middle School, and he is on the flag football team. Had his first game today, made a first down. (laughs) So, yeah. So very boy house. Very boy house. And yeah, and they're great. They're really great kids. They're very sweet. Yeah. Do you find you want someone to do more girly stuff with, or do you kind of like, you enjoy like the sports and stuff? I would have liked to have a girl, but I think it's nice just to keep it all boy. (laughs) Yeah. it It was just easier. So, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely need my girlfriends and my girl time. Yeah, for sure. I have heard that boys are easier than girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard they're easier as teens, but not as little kids because they are just like really crazy and kind of destructive, right? Or was that your experience? A little bit. I mean, they were definitely very active, but... Yeah, they they were just they were really sweet kids. They oh, really didn't cute. get into much trouble. They were they were just great. I was very very lucky, very blessed. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, cool. Well, before we delve any deeper, should we do our get to know you or our icebreaker question? Yes, of course. 
Okay, so I found this online. Thank you to the internet. So our icebreaker question for today, what is your cell phone wallpaper? Go for it, Anna. <laughs> okay. My cell phone wallpaper is just kind of a stock one that came with my iPhone. It is a kind of like a rock formation that's white and like a rusty color. And then it's got the sky behind it. And during the day, it's a blue sky. And during the night, it's a dark sky with stars. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, interesting. I have a picture of my nephew. It's always like a niece or nephew that I have on my cell phone wallpaper on my computer wallpaper because i'm an obsessed and <laughs> i'm just they yeah i that's all i care about honestly are my little nieces and nephews <laughs> are you the favorite aunt uh i have some stiff competition honestly my sister's single <laughs> and she's like uh she lives in utah where a lot of them live so i don't know if i am i would hope to be <laughs> i strive to be what about you all very nice mine is all space themed so like the home screen is stars. My cell phone case is like an astronaut and he's on the moon. So it's all space themed. I got planets, stars, it's all on there. Have you always been into space stuff, Oliver? <laughs> no, I really liked my case. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, well, I, I guess I'll go with the theme now. And so it's all space themed. Because yeah, I, I really like my case. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you were like went to space camp as a kid and no. always wanted to be an astronaut or something. I was always jealous of the gate kids. That, yeah. The, the, the special kids who are intelligent that like were in gate and they did space camp and they did all the fun camps. Oh, I, yeah. I never did any of those. I did gate, but we did not have space camp. I, yeah. Really? <laughs> I could not see that being like a thing my schools had resources for. <laughs> Wait, what did you guys want to be when you grew up? Ooh. I'm taking these get-to-know-you questions at the next level. Oh, okay, okay. I wanted to be a veterinarian. Okay. For years, ever since I was in elementary school. Uh, I was always dog-sitting for people. And um, then my home teacher was nice enough to get me my first job at an animal hospital. I was a kennel worker there. Aw. And I lasted there, I think, five months. Oh, okay. <laughs> After that, I was like, no, I don't want to be a veterinarian anymore. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that was my... Uh, I guess that's how you learn. Like, you just got to try it out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You knew earlier on in the process. That would have been bad if you, like, went through veterinary school. Is that what it's called? Veterinary school? Veterinary, yeah. And then you're like, oops, I don't want to do this, and I'm in debt. (laughs) (laughs) Now what? Now what? Yeah. What about you, Anna? Um, I just wanted to be a mom. Yeah? I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And that's just... That's what I went for. Yeah. Oh, and you're you did fu- it. Yeah, you're doing it. You're fulfilling your dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. I had, Lindsay? I had a lot of things. I wanted to be, there's like moments where I wanted to be a chef. I don't cook at all. Or I wanted to be like a horticulturist or like a botanist. Oh. I like can't keep plants alive. So good thing those didn't work out. But I think for a long time I wanted to like be a dance teacher and own my own dance studio. I was never like a great dancer, but I love dance. So I did actually, because I work in arts management, I worked for a couple dance companies and basically like ran dance studios for for these different dance companies. So yeah, I kind of like lived my dream in some ways. I taught, again, I'm not a great dancer, but I did step in with one of these dance companies and teach like their baby hip hop classes, like for the three-year-olds. That was the (laughs) highlight of my life. (laughs) It was so much fun. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, So Anna, like I was asking you earlier, because this is your first time you've ever been in the mid-singles ward, right? Right. So before you were in the mid-singles, were you ever in a young single adult ward? I was in a student ward at BYU. Okay. So 
yeah, I think that's kind of young single adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how long were you in the uh, student ward or the student student ward? Yeah. Yeah. How three long were years. You? Three years. Yeah. Okay. And then that's where you met. The ex. The ex. <laughs> okay. Yes. Like a church. Yeah. 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 He was in my student ward. He was in my same um, apartment complex. Okay. So. Gotcha. So Damn. now you're in the mid singles. Mm-hmm. Is it a little bit different? Is it a lot different from like the single student ward that you that you were a part of in the past? Um, it's it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say it's a little bit different. Um, whereas my student ward, we were all students. And, of course, the age difference. We were all just young in our 20s and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this ward, of course, is older. And most people are past the student stage. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And there's a little more variety, I would say, to different walks of life that we have in this ward than what I had in my student ward. Yeah, I mean, I went to BYU and went to the student wards. And, yeah, I was very homogenous in a lot of ways. Like, everyone was like the overachievers in their, you know, home state and yeah. And everyone came together like, you know, very into church it, or most at least and yeah, it was everyone was like, you know, had similar goals trying to graduate, maybe try to get married or whatever. Everyone was kind of like the same brand in some really? ways. Yeah, yeah, not very diverse backgrounds like we have in our ward. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed that time of my life made a lot of great friends yeah yeah it was a good time for me too yeah that's awesome (laughs) so when you finally decided to go attend like a mid-singles ward were there any hesitations or did you hear like oh the mid-singles there's like a negative um stigma to it or i definitely had that negative stigma in my mind (laughs) Um, You're not the only one. Yeah. And like at the time when I first started coming, I just felt so broken and sad. Like I was in the middle of this divorce and it had been an abusive marriage. And so I was healing from that. I'm still healing from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I just, I felt so down and I kind of projected that onto the other people in the mid-singles yeah. ward. I just figured there would be a lot more people like me feeling mm-hmm. the way I was feeling. And um, it ended up being really a surprise to me that I just found so many like happy, healthy people just having a great time in the mid-singles ward. They weren't all, you know, down in the dumps like I was. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all what you expected, huh? <laughs> no, I don't know what I expected, but... Yeah, I definitely was pleasantly surprised once I started getting to know people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Lindsay and I have talked about that before in the past where there is like that negative stigma when it comes to the, to the mid-singles. And then when you go, it's like, oh, that, this is not all what I thought it would be. Yeah, I think I've wondered about that. That's interesting that you said maybe you were projecting like how you're feeling on to the ward. Because I think sometimes people do that where they like go to the ward and they're like, ooh, that was sad. And I'm like, is it sad? Like, because I've had those feelings before too. Like when I was 28, I'd like go check out the mid singles ward in my area and be like, okay, this is my future. And I would feel like really sad about it. <laughs> but like now that I've like been going to mid singles wards for a while, like it it's very normal and not sad to me. Like it's happy. I have like lots of great friends and stuff. So maybe it was more like my frame of mind about like how I would expect to be at that time of my life, which was not true. Like I'm 
doing great. I'm thriving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, like, yeah. the end of the world. And so I wonder how much people are just, like, projecting that sadness because that's how they're feeling about, like, that stage of their life at that point, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And probably a little bit of both, for sure. I mean, a lot of the hot people got married. <laughs> <laughs> and we're what's left. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no. No. Can I ask you a little bit more about your marriage or, like, the divorce yeah. or whatever? Yeah, go ahead. So was this, like, a long process, like, long time coming? Or was this kind of, like, um, an all of a sudden thing during COVID? It was kind of both. <laughs> yeah, within the first year of our marriage, the abuse began. Okay. And, like, all abuse victims, I thought it wasn't a big deal or it was my fault or yeah. I couldn't, couldn't leave. And so... It was that way for a very long time. And then a few things happened. My health took a downturn. Okay. And then a couple years later, my mental health took a downturn. Yeah. And then a couple years later, I found out that my ex had been having affairs. Oh. So that was really what started the whole process. Uh Uh-huh. We were living in Houston at the time, and... I decided that I wanted to divorce him, but I didn't want to get divorced in Texas. So I did a little bit of research and decided I wanted to come to Nevada because my family's kind of spread throughout the West and I'd have a little more support. Mm -hmm. And so moved out here with my intention being get close to family, get divorced. Okay. (laughs) And I didn't tell him this, of course. Um, wow. But then I got sucked back into it, tried to fix it. I tried everything. I read oh, for sure. all the self-help books about relationships, therapy, couples therapy, prayer, fasting, going to the temple every week, putting our names on the temple rolls, like just everything. Everything you could think of, I did. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but it takes two people yeah. to have a healthy marriage. Absolutely. And he wasn't willing to do his part. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, Actually, I feel really bad for him. He's got major issues from childhood that uh-huh. I really hope he can get healed up from. I don't see it happening in this life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we moved here. That was seven years ago. Uh-huh. And I had more problems with my mental health that caused me to really do therapy in earnest. Like, I really wanted to take care of my mental health. Yeah. And it was through that that I realized just how bad the abuse was. Oh, yeah. And then realized also that, oh, I had an abusive childhood. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what conditioned me for the abusive marriage. Oh, shoot. And so after all the court proceedings were over and stuff, I was able to quit my job because we had sold the house, made a good amount of money on that. Okay. And I was getting alimony. So I've just been taking time to heal. I'm not working. I um, have to sleep a lot. I'm yeah. In, I'm in group therapy every week and individual therapy every week. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a lot. It's, it's really, it's PTSD yeah, that I'm sure. recovering from. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at okay. right now. Wow. So even though all this, all like this negative stuff happened in your life, looking back at it now and where you are now, do you feel like you're in a better and been in a better place and been in a better position. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I'm in what they call survival mode, mm. whereas before I was in victim mode. Okay. In victim oh, mode, okay. you're in denial. Uh-huh. And right now, survivor, I'm healing. Um, and then there's thriver mode coming up down the road. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
so yeah I've definitely seen progress in myself even since since January yeah so, so survivor mode means like you are just kind of like having to like really scale back and take care of yourself and do what's best for you to like continue to like move forward every day sort of right. thing or? yeah because okay. um, that is what survival mode is it's, yeah. it's healing okay because in victim mode um you're in denial yeah and you're ignoring all of the problems and uh-huh. stuffing down all the emotions yeah and then, so in survival mode is when you have to experience all those emotions oh, fully yeah. and process them yeah so that you're not stuck anymore and so you have to process all all the events and all of the feelings and it takes time and it takes work yeah i bet yeah as soon as you let those things kind of come to the surface it's just like a lot like all the past trauma yeah there's like a lot to process and work through there yes definitely it had to be really scary like living on the other side of the country from family in this marriage that maybe you weren't like totally recognizing it yet but that was like abusive and everything like that had to be very like isolating and yeah, yeah, it was. It really was very isolating. And, you know, the anxiety it was awful. I was having anxiety attacks every week. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, it I'm was, sorry. It was bad. Yeah. Wow. Dang. Well, I'm glad you have this time where you don't need to work and can take time to, like, work through it. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, I'm very grateful. I, I thank Heavenly Father every day that I have this time to heal. Yeah. That I do have the financial resources that I do have this time and so yeah I am expecting to be better yeah <laughs> enough by January Amazing. to go back to school oh oh nice that's so exciting I now want to study social work mm-hmm. so oh. I'm going to be going back to school next year and then applying to uh, UNLV's School of Social Work. Amazing. And that's a two-year program. And so as long as I can get all my generals finished up next year, then I won't have to work through school. Oh, amazing. So I'm really hoping that I can do that. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. you overcome so many obstacles. Like, that is so awesome. I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. Did you, did you ch- choose social work because of your background? Or what made you um, want to do yes that? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a therapist, mm-hmm. um, ultimately. And I think that has a lot to do with not only my personality strengths, but of course my background. Yeah. But I just love psychology. I love it. Like mm-hmm. that's just what I'm always thinking about. It's like always running in the background. Yeah. And so at first I thought I wanted to study psychology uh-huh. in order to become a therapist. But the spirit kept whispering, social work, social work. Okay. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a social worker. I had a very narrow view of what social workers do. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I finally was like, okay, fine, Heavenly Father, I will look into social work. (laughs) And I looked into it. And unlike a bachelor's in psychology, there's a lot you can do with a bachelor's in social work. Yeah. And so I'll be able to support myself and then eventually go back to get my master's in social work and you can become a therapist that way. Okay. So after I learned that, I was like, oh, Heavenly Father, you were right. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Sorry I resisted you. This is great. And Uh I just, I feel really confident about this path that's in front of me right now. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's a big departure from, you said you did microbiology or? Yes. And your undergrad? Yes. I'm guessing you were interested in science or something? Yeah, I wanted to be a professor and do cancer research. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That was my interest at the time. Okay. But yeah, yeah, since then I've, I've come to learn just how much psychology is baked into my personality yeah 
No, I'm just like you. I love studying psychology. I think one day I want to make a little career shift and be a therapist too. So we should talk about that. Yeah, we need yeah. more therapists. Ooh, open, yeah. Get together, open an office. Yeah, some good therapists too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Man, that's such a journey. Wow. Did you find, just because of the nature of like church culture or whatever, there was like, did you get a lot of pushback when you were trying to like get out of your marriage or things um, like that? Was that difficult? I had a little bit of difficulty with a former bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to mention names or places or anything, mm-hmm. but that bishop worked closely with my ex. Okay. And abusers put on a very good public image. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when I tried to explain to that bishop that he was emotionally abusive, uh-huh. the bishop just looked at me and said, he's not abusive. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, like, okay, well, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, yeah it's not a safe know? place anymore but for you. other than that, I've had overwhelming support from everybody else um and i really have found that most of the stigma that i have faced has been from myself interesting (laughs) kind of like how my past self had thought about divorced people oh for sure or about abuse victims yeah and so i had to really overcome a lot of my own incorrect ideas about abuse divorce Things like that. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you feel like you have any like advice for those who are like maybe in the middle of that process? Yeah, um, what helps me the most is just reaching out. It's it's a very isolating experience. Yeah, um, that's that's one universal thing between all um, abuse victims is that it's very isolating. Hmm. Okay, and it's very difficult to reach out for help. But that's that's what is so necessary to start getting the help that you need, getting the support you need so you can start making the changes. And then also to allow yourself to feel your feelings instead of stuffing them down. Yeah. Okay. Un- unboxing those emotional yeah. baggages. Yeah. Yeah. What about like for the people around you? Like were there things they did or didn't do that were helpful, family or friends or others as you were um, like getting the help you needed? Well, as part of this whole deal there's depression mixed in and sometimes when relating to people that I was feeling depressed didn't have enough energy to shower or cook or you know just kind of do basic self-care things a lot of people would offer advice and suggestions and I I appreciated that they were trying to help but also at the same time it was very invalidating Mm. of my experience it made me feel like what was happening was my fault because i wasn't doing these things that they were advising me to do Uh, interesting so i would say if you know someone who is a victim of abuse or who is depressed or has any other type of mental health issues just listen and validate their emotions. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that helps is to just listen. Mm. If they ask you for advice, then go for it. Yeah. But if they're sharing their troubles, just empathize with them. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do. For sure. I have had a little bit of a history with depression and yeah, I can resonate with that. I remember one time, I mean, we don't have to get all into it, but <laughs> I was going through a rough time and I was home for the summer. I was in college and um, I was just having that really hard day and my mom was really good about being like, do you know what, let's just like put aside what we're doing and like play board game or something. And so even just having someone like present with me who wasn't like trying to problem solve at that moment was really nice. So yeah, yeah, stuff like that was really powerful. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, those things definitely do help. Just just having companionship, just having somebody to to do things with, to go to lunch with, or just a texting conversation, or you know anything to help bring you out of that isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like a lot of patience with people who are struggling, like yes, not expectation that they're going to be better tomorrow or whatever. It's yes. going to take time. Yeah, definitely a lot of years. Have you been able to find that support system in the mid singles ward? Yeah, I have a couple of friends who have been through similar things as me. Yeah, because you're, um, you're not the only divorcee. We have a couple of divorcees in the mid singles right? ward. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've gotten um, a little bit closer with two ladies in the ward who also went through betrayal um, and the trauma that that causes, and we've been able to support each other. Amazing. Um, and I've found. Uh, a lot of support in a betrayal trauma group online that's run by members of the church. It's called Worth. Women of Rebirth Therapeutic Healing is the the acronym that's for. Oh, cool. Um, So if anybody is interested in that, you can just go to the Worth website. And it is for women whose spouses have either had pornography addiction mm-hmm. you know sex addiction affairs things like that mm-hmm. and so I meet with them every week mm-hmm. and it's been really good to have that support I mean you hate to belong in that club you'd hate for anybody to need to be yeah. there but it's really good to be able to support each other yeah. yeah a support system is better than having no support system definitely yeah so my question for you is so you're technically a mid-single and you attend our ward but technically, your records aren't in the ward, correct? Right, because I have children. Yeah. So my records are still in my neighborhood ward. Gotcha. Because of my kids. My kids don't want to go to church. <laughs> they don't go to church. And so I just come to the mid-singles every week. Okay. So you don't have to like worry about necessarily like straddling your time between the two. You just leave your records there and do what's best for you anyway. Right. Okay. Nice. Right. So in a way, you kind of have two support systems there because you have your neighborhood ward or your family ward and then you have your own little support system within the mid-singles ward yeah definitely yeah it's it's really good i have um great ministering brothers and sisters in my neighborhood ward okay um and of course friends that i've made there since i've been in that ward for six years okay cool so So you have yeah you have good relationships with people Mm -hmm. oh that's cool and all my new friends from the mid-singles yeah (laughs) it just keeps growing uh, I wanted to go back to something we said. You said divorcee. Do we like that word or no? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think it sounds. I think yeah. It sounds sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. Because Div- I know divorcee <laughs> is for women, right? And then there's another word for men. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I see. We should. I should have looked this up. I'm earlier. gonna Google it while terrible, we're talking. Terrible co-hosting responsibilities here. <laughs> but yeah. But you're you're okay with that word divorcee? Yeah. Is there, okay, so, is there anything that people have said to you where you're kind of like, why did you ask me that question that kind of bothered you after, like, after your divorce and, like, trying to get, like, reacclimated and, like, going to a family ward and was there, like, ever a comment or a question where you're kind of like, why would you ask me that? (laughs) I can't think of anything. I think I am generally a very understanding person Mm. where if someone had asked something that might put someone else off I could kind of see where they're coming from Mm. but I can't remember anything you know rubbing me the wrong way oh okay thankfully yeah yeah that's cool yeah you seem like you're very easygoing too and just kind of let things roll off your back or whatever sometimes yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) so 
So you have your you have your neighborhood ward, and you have access to the bishopric there. Yes. And when you go to the mid singles ward, do you also like? Does our bishop and our bishopric also help you, like, within our mid-singles as well? Yeah. Yeah, there was one night where I was talking to um, a friend, and I I shared my story with him, basically, what I just shared with you guys. Mm -hmm. And he said, let's go over and talk to bishop. I think that you would really benefit from sharing this with him. Mm -hmm. And so I did, and um, it was great. And he, you know, greets me and asks how I'm doing, and... Yeah, it's really great just to get all the support that I can. Oh, that's great. I like that. Almost kind of like double dipping, but in yes. a good way. <laughs> and I need it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Do you feel like there's anything that would make the mid-singles ward better, especially for someone maybe with children or with someone who's divorced? Um, Like make the transition easier, maybe? or Yeah, or just provide more resources. I know of a few people who have like younger kids who, who would love like to be able to bring their kids around a little bit more, like make the activities a little more kid-friendly, which there's a lot of debate about whether that's, like, you right. know, something the ward can really do. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't find myself really wanting activities to include my kids because my kids are older. Yeah. And they don't really want to hang out with me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, so I looked it up. I honestly can't tell the difference. So... Uh, the neutral is divorcee, C-E-E, with no accent. Oh, okay. The female version is, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, divorcee with the accent on the first E. Oh. And then the male version is divorcee with only one E at the end and an accent on it. So, so should we just keep it easy and just say divorcee for... Yeah, for yeah. everyone. I mean, it sounds like it's pronounced the same, but I can't find like something that will pronounce it out for us. But <laughs> anyway, it does kind of sound sophisticated, like you have like pearls in like your long cigarette or something like that. <laughs> so I like it. <laughs> and like your like first wife's club style, style like um, robbing your husband of all of his money. And <laughs> so, such flair. Well, I know we've already gotten personal, so I'm going to continue going down the personal route. You're okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Have you gotten to the dating scene yet? No. No. Okay. Um, not yet. Okay. No. In my worth group therapy group, mm-hmm. um, our therapist gave us a quiz to see how close we are to being ready to date, and my results were that I'm very close. Oh. And oh. prior to that, I had gone on to a an LDS dating app. And I only lasted two days. <laughs> I realized I am not ready for this. Yeah. So, and I, I don't feel ready yet, but I am excited for that time to come. Yeah. So, yeah, not now. No. Yeah. But yeah, but almost. You're but almost there. Yeah. yeah. That, that's cool. They had like a quit, a test for that. I want everyone to take that. I want to take Ooh. it and be like, how ready am I <laughs> for marriage? Yeah. Should, should, I, should I be dating? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to work on myself a little bit more? Maybe. <laughs> I like that. You're, I love that you said that after two days, you, you, you it, it caused you like stress and anxiety. Yeah. I, the, I don't I don't know why I said I love that. I find that funny because I remember when I was doing online dating on my app, and my sister and my sister in law were like, "Oh, like can we take a look at it?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I gave them my phone, and they were like swiping away. And about 15, 20 minutes later, maybe maybe not even, maybe 10 minutes later, they both gave back my phone and they're like, we can't, it's too stressful. We just, we can't. Oh, even for them. <laughs> even for them. Okay. And mind you, they're married and they didn't have to do the whole 
social media dating app thing. Like, they met their, you know, significant others through other avenues. In the wild. Yeah. It, <laughs> as I like to call it. <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'm going to start using that. But yeah, even for them, like, it was just, after 10 minutes, they were stressed out. Yeah. So I totally, I could totally relate with that. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to go through and swipe on all the guys. But then when it came to, like, guys asking me for my phone number right away mm-hmm. and guys ghosting me, I was just like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot handle this right now. I'm going to put this away. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to, like, be very resilient to get into that world and be open to just, like, a lot of, like, different emotions and yeah. a lot of disappointment and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, I definitely felt very vulnerable creating a profile and putting myself out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Ooh. Yeah, and that won't go away completely, but, yeah, yeah, there's definitely times when, I mean, I feel like I follow this relationship coach, Logan Yuri, and she talks about how just only do the apps like at your best time of the day like when you're in like a great mindset what you know whatever time of day you love the most where you feel like the most carefree and happy or whatever that's when you should do the apps and then when you're when you're like tired or at other times just like put them away yeah for, for the I, next like day. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that idea yeah i like that, that yeah yeah to keep you sane yeah yeah for sure <laughs> okay, so when you are ready to start dating mm-hmm. do you feel like you kind of already have I want to say, like, you kind of already have something against you, but kind of you already have those obstacles ahead of you because you you are a single mom and you do have kids. Do you think that's going to be, like, a factor in the dating world? Um, I realize that it may be for some people. And really, I don't have any control over that, so I try not to worry about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely going to be other people who are in the same place as you where they have kids that are a little older or don't want to do it again. Yeah, so all types are out there for sure, and you can only do so much about like those who don't want to date you. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you feel like when you look at your future, you feel hopeful? Definitely. Yeah. And like, what does that look like? Like going back to school, all those things. Yeah, going back to school, um, supporting myself, getting back into dating. I do yeah. want to get married. I trust my patriarchal blessing when yeah. it says that I will be married to a worthy man okay. and have children. And I know that that might not happen in this life. It could be in the next life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, either way, I trust in that promise. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Have you gotten any wonderful insight or any inspiration from other members in our ward that just happen to be divorcees as well? Like, have they given you any, like piece of advice or said something where you were like oh wow that's kind of like poignant well I have gotten that from from many places um the one that comes to mind the lady in our ward or the mid-singles ward she told me as I was starting this divorce process to take an hour to scream and cry and swear and shout and get all of it out and then say, okay, now I'm done (laughs) and I'm going to go on with my day. And I really love that advice because it kind of just goes along with what I said before about we need to feel our feelings. We need to process them in in order to move through them and not get stuck. Yeah. I feel like that's been a theme of our discussion tonight. It's just like, you got to take time to heal and like work through things and that can be very useful and productive even yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. in any situation yeah yeah for sure yeah everyone's dealing with like you know something in their lives and yeah I love seeing people like getting like the professional help and um going to the group therapy like stuff like that Mm -hmm. just like building that network I find that people who've like been through some tough stuff are often like the wisest and most compassionate people I know 
Like, they yeah. just always have these, like, great insights because they've really had to, like, struggle through some things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, it's really beautiful to see. Yeah, I feel like my experiences definitely have put me in position to really empathize with other people. And I think I'm, I'm a naturally empathetic person anyway. Yeah, you seem but like it. But then also, oh, thank you. Then <laughs> also, just having the experience that I do just makes it even more so. Yeah. Silver lining, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll say about Anna, when she told me she had teenagers, I was like, there is no way you're not. Like, I just definitely thought she was a 31-year-old coming straight from the <laughs> yeah, YSA. Yeah. So, and I feel like that happens in our ward a lot, where, like, everyone is just so youthful. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, why or <laughs> what. But yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Good for you, Anna. Good they, for yeah, you. Everyone just shocks me with like how young they are. Look, <laughs> compared to like all their life experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Anna, for being so, I felt like you were very proactive about being like, yes, like I want to share. And I think we need a lot more of that. Just people being open. I feel like it's going to create more connections and more people feeling understood and seen. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I being totally that, agree with that. Yeah, being that light, being that beacon. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for doing this. This, this has been great. You're welcome. I really have enjoyed being here. 